0: the Lord everybody and welcome to the Len Paxton teaching series again this week as always I'm excited about coming into your hearts and your lives and your homes with the word of Almighty God you know we're living in a time as Christians as followers of Christ We're living in a time where we seem to be seeing, and we really don't seem to be seeing it, we are in a post-Christian environment, Uh, even an environment of cultural persecution against Christians in America. And this has been weighing so heavily on my heart lately as I've gone to the Lord in prayer time and time again, asking Him for messages for a word that would benefit the body of Christ in this generation, in this time frame uh, in which we're living. And you know there's no easy way around it. You and I are looking at the same Bible that they looked at hundreds of years ago. We are worshiping the same God. The same standards are in place from the Word of God for us as Christians. And yet how do we maintain A strong testimony in the the midst of a culture, in the midst of a world who uh, is opposed to what we believe. Well, ladies and gentlemen, to be quite honest with you, this is nothing new to most believers around the world. This is persecution, even from its most minor cultural persecution, Uh, ugliness towards Christians, etc., to its most severe forms of actual martyrdom, Christians around the world have been facing this since the beginning of our faith, since time immemorial. And uh, we are just now getting our first little taste at persecution. Sometimes it's still very subtle. In other times, it's not so sudden. I didn't come here this week to share with you uh, examples of persecution in the United States of America that's being leveled against Christians. I didn't bring that material with me. That's not the purpose of this message today. But I think if we look at the prophet Daniel, and if we look at, at his attitude, if we can see his heart, If we can see Daniel's mindset as he faced persecution in his time of captivity and the entire people of God uh, who had gone into captivity, we'll read in chapter 1 of Daniel's book, in the 8th verse it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, right off the bat, many people would say, well, that's great, you know, Daniel decided, he purposed in his heart. That's where it starts for all of us, incidentally, is that we have to purpose in our heart that no matter what society does, no matter what our employers do, no matter what our church believes and preaches, no matter what the government does, no matter what laws they make, no matter what fines they impose, we aren't going to defile ourselves. We're going to stand up for the truth of the scripture. We're going to stand up for the Word of God. It starts in the heart as you and I purpose to do the things that would be pleasing to God. But right away it says he requested of the prince of the eunuchs. Now you know the story, I'm not going to take the time to read through the entirety of this uh, background, but Daniel was in captivity, and he went to the prince of the eunuch. What would Daniel have done had he not been given permission? Well, first of all, it's a moot point, because God, by his sovereign spirit, engineered it to where Daniel did get permission. But again... Millions and millions and millions and millions throughout the ages could not have gotten this permission from their oppressive uh, captors. So what would Daniel have done? We get an inkling <clears throat> when the command went out uh, for for the people to not pray to anybody but Nebuchadnezzar. When the, when the uh, when the decree went out if anyone is found praying we will kill them Daniel prayed anyway Daniel worshipped God anyway Daniel did what he knew according to the dictates of his heart to do anyway ladies and gentlemen I think it's come to the place in this country I, I know it has and if we're not quite there yet It's swiftly approaching. Where we are going to have to have the same dogged determination and tenacity as Daniel and the three Hebrew children did, as Jeremiah did, as Isaiah did, as Paul did, as the Apostle John did, and he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus. We are so accustomed in America to having it easy. We have just come through a time frame in this great nation that I love more than I have words to say. This nation of America that has afforded the world more freedoms than any nation who has previously gone before. It's the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and yet there are problems in this country that are afoot. There are forces in this nation of America that are endeavoring with everything within them, starting at the White House, to undermine the faith of Jesus Christ in this nation of America. And we, like Daniel, are going to be put in the position very shortly where we're going to have to purpose in our hearts that we will not defile ourselves, we will not compromise our faith, we will not compromise our stand on the issues, and we will obey Almighty God. Now that's coming to this nation. We have just come through a season of of history where it was popular to be a Christian in America. I mean, there's been many, many years in times gone by where where being a Christian was popular. We have shifted now to where it's popular to talk about God, but it's unpopular to talk about Jesus Christ. You see, because everybody has their God, quote-unquote. But I want to tell you something. And you've heard me say it a lot here lately because I believe America needs to hear it. I believe Traverse City needs to hear it. I've visited churches in the area. I don't see revival. I don't see the power of God. And in far too many cases, I see a watered-down, compromised gospel. Now, I'm just being honest. And I'm being honest not to be critical, but I'm being honest because I love you. And I love your soul. And I know that the only way you can make it to heaven, there aren't five ways, there aren't 50 ways, there aren't a thousand ways, there's one way to make it to heaven, and that's to repent of your sin and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross and shed His blood for you to be saved. And that's the only way to be saved. If I'm going to be saved, that's the way I have to get saved. If you're going to be saved, That's the way that you have to get saved, and there's no other way. There's no other way. And it does no good to bury our head in the sand and to hide from the realities that are coming upon our world today, and especially as we see more and more laws being passed By politicians who have no regard for the things of God, have no regard for Jesus Christ, have no regard for anything holy in this book, and they're passing laws that uh, is trying to silence the true church. But Daniel purposed in his heart, and all the prophets and all of the apostles. Almost every one of these men died a martyr's death because they would not bow the knee to Baal. Glory be to God. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to live for God as you ought to live for God, you cannot be silent any longer. You're going to have to take a stand on the moral issues, on the biblical issues. For faith in Jesus Christ we're just at that point now I know it's easier to just get up in the morning and go to work every day and live your life and try not to bother anybody and try not to hurt anybody and uh, go to church and throw your buck in the offering plate and hear a little book report on Sunday morning it's easier to just live that way but we are facing the time right now it is situation critical it is critical mass right now, for the church in America to have a revival. And the only way that revival is going to come is as you and I purpose in our hearts, hallelujah, the young man here that made up his mind, come hell or high water, sink or swim, we're going to stand for Jesus, we're going to live for Jesus, we're going to base our beliefs on the Bible, and not on what we think or dreamed up that things should be or what our politicians tell us that things ought to be or even what our pastors tell us that things ought to be if they're not sold out 100% for God, if they spend more time on Facebook talking about what movies they're watching and where they're going to eat, than they do the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we'll pass them by, and we will find a place where they're preaching this red-hot gospel. Because how are we going to have revival in America? Now I'm asking you that question. How is revival going to come to America? Revival will come to America when the blood is preached. When the blood of Jesus is preached. When the saints of God begin to pray and fast again. Glory to God. When the saints of God turn from their sin and their wicked ways. And we pray and fast and seek God for His holiness. That's when revival will strike America again. That's when we will have yet another awakening in this nation. And I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible. But we have to follow the patterns of the Word of God. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and shall seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, if preachers would get off the golf courses once in a while and get in the prayer closet once in a while, we would see revival in America once again. But you see, we've had life so easy for so long that we haven't sensed the need to do what I'm talking to you and preaching to you about here today. But very shortly, very, very shortly, my friend, that is about to change because we're about to come into a time frame where the church in this nation will know persecution. We already have persecution at a minor level, at a low level, although it's not minor to the people who are involved. I mean, it's everything from, from kids being ordered not to wear a Jesus Witness t-shirt to school uh, all the way to a town in California. Uh, a particular family was told they could not have a Bible study in their own home because of zoning ordinances. Uh, those are some, some examples. Of persecution that's being faced here in the in the Christian uh, population of America today. Also, we have a president who's made it clear in no uncertain terms he has labeled uh, born again Christians as domestic terrorists. Uh, go figure! I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But that's what they're saying. Uh, also, it's very very popular uh, in the news media. Uh, It's very, very popular in the politicians and the world of government uh, to criticize Jesus Christ and to criticize Christianity. But don't you dare criticize Islam. And don't you dare criticize any other goofball thing out here uh, that's worshiping trees or rocks or, or looking at crystals or anything of this nature. Because when you criticize that, you're labeled a bigot But it's okay to criticize Jesus. Now that's where we've come to in America and we don't any longer have time to sit in our churches and give little book reports for sermons. I hope you're hearing me, please. We don't have any more time to pet people's delicate religious sensibilities in this nation. It's so bad in some cases that if you preach just a little bit hard, people won't come back. Why? Because they're not dedicated to Jesus Christ. They joined a religion club. That's the reason why. They're not dedicated to Christ. Say something they don't like or preach against their particular sin... They don't come back. They don't bother to show up. They have no level of commitment to Jesus Christ because our pulpits are soft and our pulpits are silent. But glory be to God today, God is raising up prophetic voices in these last days in America to usher in another awakening in this country and it will not come by tiny Tim tiptoeing through the tulips preachers. It will not come by you know it will not come by a Sunday morning sermonette to little baby Christians in their spiritual bassinets. It will come when we begin to declare what thus saith the Lord. We preach the blood again, we preach the Holy Ghost again, we preach healing and power of God again and we preach that Jesus is coming back soon and that will bring in a revival if anything is going to bring in a revival. Praise the Lord. Daniel purposed in his heart not to defile defile himself with that which pleased the king. Hear me. He purposed not to defile himself. He purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart. You see, I don't care what they think about Len Paxton. I don't care what they they call me a religious nut. They can call me whatever they want to call me. They can come here and they can drag me off in chains and they can lay me in a dungeon and I'll still be proclaiming the name above every name, the matchless name of Jesus that's able to save the souls of men and I'll still be preaching the old-fashioned Holy Ghost gospel because it's the only gospel there really is. It's the only gospel that works. It's the only gospel that will save the sinner. It's the only gospel that will keep the saint. It's the only gospel that will see you when you're alive, and it will see you when you're dying. It's the only gospel that there is, is the gospel of the shed blood of Jesus Christ and what He did for us at the cross Glory be to God. And He offers it as free grace. Are you hearing Brother Paxton today? It's a free gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He died for you. He shed His blood for you. He'll take the sin out of your life. He'll clean you up. And He'll make you what you ought to be, what He wants you to be in the service of His kingdom. And so what we're doing in the next several months, God willing, the Lord willing, is the Lord has laid it upon my heart to to spend time in fasting and in prayer. And it's not just a time where, you know, we don't just uh, not eat food and sit around. It's a time where we we're, we're crying out to God, asking him to raise up a remnant, asking him to get us past our Sunday morning shows in our churches, entertainment, celebration, party. listen, I don't feel like partying when the world is dying and going to hell. Now don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with... You know, Christians ought to be the happiest, most joy-filled people on the face of planet Earth. Absolutely. We ought to celebrate new life in Jesus. We ought to celebrate Jesus for who He is. We ought to be happy and joyful. We ought to enjoy life. Nothing wrong with Christians partaking of entertainment. Don't get me wrong. But our nation... And our country and our world is going to hell in a handbasket and I think it's time to involve prayer and fasting in our lives again. I think it's time to get the sin out of our lives as Christians. Those things that have held us in bondage year after year after year, it's time for you to turn them loose. It's time for you to get victory over them and you can, don't say you can't, the blood of Jesus Christ has provided you with victory. You've got to lay a claim to it and lay hold of it in His mighty name and you've got to resist the flesh. Everybody's wanting to blame their sin on a demon. You know... Sometimes it is a demon, but sometimes it's your flesh. Tell it to shut up. Take authority over it that you've been given in the blood of Christ. Put sin out of your life and get ready because Jesus is coming soon. And as we begin to do these things, as we begin to pray and fast and seek God, as we begin to put away sin, as we begin to humble ourselves, as we begin to open the Bible and preach from it instead of what the latest preacher has said, as we begin to get on fire once again for the things of God, as we begin to once again have some faith and believe in the miraculous and the supernatural, as we once again begin to put God first, to put Christ as the preeminent lordship of all in our lives, I believe that God will send a stirring in the tops of the mulberry trees. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe He will send revival. I believe He will save souls. I still think we're going to experience persecution from the culture. But we're going to have a tenacity like Daniel had, like the three Hebrew children had, like the prophets and the apostles had, We're going to have a tenacity to make it through these end times. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And so we see here a young man who just absolutely made up his mind to serve God. Will that be you today? Can you say to me, Brother Paxton, I've heard what you said here for the last few minutes and I just sense the moving of the Holy Spirit that there's something that's been lacking in my life and I know that God wants to give it to me he wants to restore it the Bible says he makes up for that which is lacking if that's you today just reach out to him right now right there in the privacy of your own home whether you're watching this by TV up north TV or whether you're watching this by YouTube or if you're on our ministry connect site and you're watching this program just reach out to God today. Just just say, Lord, I want to be available to you. I want to be yours. And I want to put away sin. And I want to take the things of the kingdom seriously. And I'm not going to compromise so that I can get a better position on my job or so that I can be popular in my church or popular in my community. I want you, Jesus. And if you'll get to that place, God will honor that in your life. And He'll begin to stir you up and He will begin to set you on fire in these last days. You know, it's it's a sad thing. It's a sorrowful thing. But I've gone into church after church after church after church. <clears throat> and you can tell, you know, just by looking around at the people, they're uninterested, They're unmoved. They're unexcited. And when the preacher gets up to preach, most times they're unchallenged. And they walk out the door the same way they came in the door. And there's no move of God. There's there's no altars. No altars in our churches anymore. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with you? You preachers need to open the altars back up in your services and give altar calls once again for the saints. To come up and get this, the sin out of their life. You know, you got Christians that are out there trying to decide if it's okay to drink alcohol or not, or trying to decide if it's okay to smoke pot. What's wrong with you? Open them altars up. Let the Holy Spirit give a powerful altar call through you. Minister to the saints and win the lost at any cost, and call America back to God last days. That's where we're at folks. A little bit later on in the in the programming schedule I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about where God has our hearts of ministry here in 2015 and beyond as we approach what could be the most critical season, the most critical time in our nation for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until uh, the next time that you and I can gather around the word of God and break the majestic bread of life together once again. I'll tell you folks our answers found in this book it's ain't, it ain't nowhere else if you don't have a pastor that preaches this book and preaches it with a fervor and an urgency you need to find you a church where they are the answers to the, the problems are right here in this book and until the next time that you and I can come together and gather around the world This is evangelist Len Paxton, saying, go with God. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Paxton. This is November the 7th, 2014. We are back again here at the old Paxton Cemetery in Glasgow, Virginia. If you'll remember, we were here in June. That was a great trip. My brother was with us. My sister was with us. Their families. We all got together as siblings and family members and just toured the Paxton sites here in Rockbridge County, Virginia. This is the tomb of John Paxton who was in the Revolutionary War. One of his duty stations was at Valley Forge. His wife, Phoebe Alexander Paxton, rode all the way from Rockbridge County area here to Valley Forge on horseback to take him clothing and to take him food. We're back. This is the marker that honors their memory. And those of you that know me know that I am big about remembering those who have paved the trail for us. And that's the same way it is in the Spirit. It's the same way with faith, is that somebody goes before and paves the way that we are following. And as we walk the road of faith that has been laid in front of us, we come to God's conclusion of all things. You see, I believe God has a plan for all of us, and He has a bigger plan that includes all of our smaller plans. Each My life is a small thing in comparison to uh, billions of people who uh, have lived and are living on planet Earth. But my little piece fits into the bigger picture. And so we're here today because men and women of faith have brought us to this place. When I was here before, I preached a, a, a short segment on Jesus is coming soon. And we believe that with all of our hearts. And the word of the Lord today that the Lord has laid on my heart is about repentance. And I'm just going to read a verse of Scripture from Acts chapter 17. And I'm only going to read the 30th verse. The Bible says, And the times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth men everywhere, commandeth all men everywhere to repent and so ladies and gentlemen that's you and me too as Christians anything that's in our lives anything about us that's not like Christ let's turn loose of that today and let's lay hold of the horns of the altar and seek the face of God as we've never sought it before and let him do in our lives what he desires to do because it's for our good it's the best plan possible Let me say it another way, the best plan possible is God's plan. And so as we follow Him and not try to you know be the leader ourselves, but rather follow Christ. Let him guide us, lead us in our lives, we come to the conclusion that God intended all along. What a great thing to be serving Jesus here. This great beautiful place of Virginia, so dear to my heart. But wherever I go. I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a servant of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so from Virginia, here in Glasgow, the Paxton Cemetery, this is Brother Paxton saying, go with God and he will go with you.